What's up, guys? Long time no see. Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today you are getting a bonus episode of the podcast. This is the audio from the Instagram Live I did with Sam Stiglitz, who is TikTok and Instagram famous for her account, Audition Pro LA. She's an acting coach, and she was a former casting director. She has done some big, big name projects, and she also works with some actors of all levels. She shares the ins and outs and honesty of this business, so you guys know she was a perfect fit as someone I wanted to talk to. And I sourced all of your questions from Instagram for the conversation today. We go in and out of the world of coaching, how casting informed how she coaches, what she's learned since her days in casting from working directly with actors, and a lot of Q&As from you guys about auditions, about working with a coach, about if you want to work with her specifically. Lots of good stuff in here directly from you. So I would highly suggest following her on Instagram and TikTok at AuditionProLA. It's also all linked in the show notes for you guys. And also, if you guys are like, I want to submit questions for the next guest, make sure you're on the email list and make sure you're following on Instagram because that's where I source a lot of the Q&As from. Also, if you guys are interested, I talk about the Patreon at one point in this podcast. Uh, patreon.com slash onebrokeactress. It's also linked in the show notes. It has been pretty popping lately. We got to do a pop-up that was awesome with Put Me On Self Tape. They taught a full class. There is almost a year's worth of podcasts already in there for you guys. So if you have missed this podcast and you're so excited to see a bonus episode, make sure to check out the Patreon because it is really, really full in that content barrel. Also a quick note about the audio on this, because this is coming from Instagram Live, the audio is a little funky. I've tried to make it as clean as possible, but we're working with what we got. So I hope you guys are having a great summer. I hope you had a great 4th of July. And without further ado, please enjoy Sam Stiglitz. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Good. This is our first time we have ever actually talked to each other. So yeah, we've never met. It's so nice to meet you. How do I get rid of my own face so I'm not looking at myself? Is there a way to do that? Um, <laughs> if you know a way, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I've been, I, when, I don't know how long I survived on the internet without you being on here because I feel like you are the voice of reason that I wanted oh, so that's many so places. Nice. Yeah, because it's it's hard. Listen, like I think everyone who's on here has probably seen your stuff because like you're recommended every to everyone that follows me. But um, it's like I there is so much nonsense out in the world, and like listen, a lot of it. Everyone is trying their best. Everyone is doing their best, and there's a lot of stuff that exists out in the world that's just like info for actors. And I look at it and I'm like some of this is so good and then some of it and a lot of it is just so bad yeah i don't feel like i have um, i can't naysay people because i'm like maybe that's true in north carolina maybe (laughs) you can do that there but you're like actually no this is not true and let's talk about it and here's how you well sure maybe Mm -hmm. it's true in north carolina but it's not right like (laughs) yeah so There is like a tiny bit of good information out there. And this is my fault, right? Like I fell down a massive, massive rabbit hole. Like what happened was, and this is like, (laughs) it's, 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 it's a problem. So hold on. I just have to like pull this down a tiny bit. So what happened was 
my when the pandemic started mm -hmm. my one of my clients reached out to me my client tristan tales who i will give all the credit for he, he's a content creator he's amazing you guys should all like know who he is i work with a ton of content creators i kind of specialize like my clients range from like fancy pants movie stars to people starting out and one of the things i specialize in is turning non-actors into actors so i have a lot of like content creators pop stars whatever and it's like my favorite thing to do so one of my content creators called me and he's like you need to be making videos and I was like fuck no no I was like that is not my thing I don't belong in front of the camera I'm like behind you guys supporting you and then TikTok reached out I can't remember the order of all of this and they were like will you do some educational videos and so it all sort of aligned and I was like okay fine I'll do like a tiny bit of that as long as they're paying me, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Then I fell down a hole. Then I like started watching what was on the internet and seeing these people out there. Like, look, I'm not a carpenter, so I'm not gonna make carpentry videos, right? Like, I'm not gonna pretend for a second that I know how to do that. But what TikTok has allowed people to do is just that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm myself an expert in a field and just start making random ass videos so the percentage of stuff that's out there that is actually legit is so tiny and what it did was it just made me so mad like because the benefit of the internet which which i didn't have when i started acting like i'm not a hundred but the internet existed just not in the way that it does 100%. is that you have access to and there's people like you out there and there's lots of like people who have a point of view that i don't have which is the actor's point of view but then there are these people who are sort of parading around as experts on the other side, and they're just po like posting total and complete bullshit. And it like makes my blood boil. Like, and so I 100% see that it makes me look like a troll. I get that. Like, I understand that. <laughs> but also, like, it really it needs to be said, like, hey, guys, this is not true. Like what these people are saying is not a fact, it's not a rule. And every once in a while they'll be like, oh my God, I'm a fraud. I haven't been a casting director in so long. But a lot of my like friends in the industry are reaching out being like, I got a call yesterday from a manager being like, hey, can you make a video about this? And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is working for everybody. So I guess I'm glad I'm doing it, but also yes, I'm a total fucking troll and I fell down a rabbit hole and I can't get out and <laughs> so. <laughs> Your, no, this is great because I, listen, I made a video once and I was like, I, so people are posting uh, a lot of non-truths on the internet and a lot of people do it because then they get engagement and their posts, because no. that's the algorithm of especially TikTok, right? It's like you say something controversial and people like fight with you and you, because you get more views that way. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how to stop it. And somebody commented and was like, can you just let everyone have their opinion? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's no, it's not it's an opinion. Fun. It's exactly. not an opinion. And by the way, I only have I only have like twelve followers. Like this has nothing to do with engagement for me. Like my I just realized my name isn't even on my Instagram profile. <laughs> Yeah, I'm true. really actually bad at social media. Like this has nothing to do. <laughs> the other thing that people need to know about me is that I'm an acting coach and this has no bearing on my business. Like my day job isn't affected by these videos. I can't even take on clients. Like my business is referral only. So people reach out to me from social media and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't take you on. So this is literally just a passion project. <laughs> I love that. I don't make money. <laughs> I love that even more. Well, you did a video today about like doing favors for people. So basically you're literally just on the internet doing people favors. It's literally just a favor. Like someone just reached out to me backstage, just reached out. They were like, will you make a uh, an ad? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, 
I don't make money off of this. <laughs> oh my God. Will you tell, if someone's watching and they haven't necessarily consumed a lot of your content before, will you give like your elevator pitch version of like how you became um, an audition coach and how you yeah. started working with actors? Yeah. So I was, uh, well, the really, really truncated, truncated means short, right? The really short version. I always use words incorrectly. Um, the short version is, hold on. Uh, I got my BFA in musical theater. I was a singer my whole life. Thought I was going to move out here to be an actor. Had this whole plan. Got here, realized that you have to have like a level of self-motivation to be an actor, which I do not have. And you have to be able to pitch yourself. Like you feel like I'm a good actor. Sat on my couch for two years watching TV, worked at the Grove. Then needed to find something that worked for me. Worked my, found casting, which was such a godsend for me. Worked my ass off in casting that's where I found my like motivation and like mm. be like belonging where I was was a casting like crawled my way up to become a casting director did that for I don't even know how many years I was like, a casting director for five or six years um but assistant intern assistant associate kind of fell out of love with casting wanted to work with actors one-on-one -on -one. wanted to do what I loved about casting sort of took a chance off decided that I was going to be an acting coach and my relationships from casting was what sort of paid off got really lucky and now I happen to be on the short list of acting coaches with the, the agencies so I'm on the like list of 10 you know that gets sent out amazing what are what are some through lines that you see from your career in casting and into coaching are there certain things that you feel like you're still working with actors consistently through the same processes or like what are the similarities between the two i mean there's a ton of similarities it's helping actors find their point of view right whether you're doing it for the producers or for the casting directors right like now i feel like i'm in service of everyone mm -hmm. before i felt like i was in service of the producers right but it's giving actors permission to do the work they know that they can do right it's saying to actors like get out of your own way you guys have permission to do this because i think actors live fear of themselves Right. So right. every writer, director, producer you talk to will say the exact same thing and actors still don't hear it. Like we wrote the words. We've already done our job. Right. We are waiting for you guys to come in and do yours. And every actor is like, ah, what do they want? What do they want from me? I see the words on the page. I need to do it exactly. I need to guess what they want. I need to do exactly how it's on the page. I need to do this. Like, and I don't blame actors for this because when yeah. you see side script and a breakdown, of course there's a way it's supposed to be done, right? Especially when we're talking about like network television or things that are like pretty obvious. There is a way that you hear it in your head. Mm -hmm. But every actor is going to do it that way. So you guys need to give yourself permission to be the disruptor, to be the person that does it a different way. Otherwise, you're just going to blend into that group of actors that is good. All actors are good. Right? Like most yeah. actors are not shitty. They're not coming in and they're like just doing horrible jobs. So I think that's the through line, whether you're a casting director or an acting coach, you're saying to actors, we really want you guys to be the person that shakes it up and does a good job for us today. Yeah. What is something, so a lot of the people who are listening, I think a lot of my followers are around like my time in the industry or like a little Which bit. Which is like what? 
So I've been here, May was 11 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we have like my time and then a lot of people who have been, who are newer. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of hit both gambits, which is super fun because the first 10 years are kind of similar. I'm going to be honest, like you're learning lessons over and over again to drill them down. Um, but a lot of those roles that we audition for, and especially early in your career audition for, man, it feels like there's not a lot you can do with them, right? Yeah. It's like, like really small little pieces or like characters that are just like, like, and they're gone. Um, and so are you talking about like the self-submission type roles or once you're represented and you're doing like one, two, three line co-stars or a combination of the two? Mm, interesting. First of all, I'd like to talk about the difference between yeah, those. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty major. Um, that's something I'm actually talking about later this month is like early career roles and how mm -hmm. you'll get like the lead in a non-union movie. Yeah. Like, you can't book a co-star to save your fucking life. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, like I talk about this a lot. I am not the person to talk to about the self-submission world. Like that is such a mystery and marvel to me. Like I think that's amazing people like you exist because I couldn't navigate the world of actors access to save my life. Like I don't know that stuff. So I think it's really important that there are people to talk to about that and how to protect yourself in that world too. Like that's a scary ass place to live. It's super scary, especially because you feel like you're doing it totally unrepresented for the first time. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about then the roles that you get from agencies, right? So mm -hmm. that are kind of like nothing roles. It's like barista or like the yeah. elevator or whatever. How do you incorporate the idea of bringing yourself and your ideas to the role to a nothing role? I mean, look, <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't call them nothing roles, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you're talking about co-stars, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So a co-star is, by definition, not really that. So co-stars are definitely defined by the money, right? Mm -hmm. So the line producer and the casting director and the, the, the producers will get together and they'll say, like, this is how much money we have for an episode, right? So we have this many top of show guest stars and then everything else has to be a co-star. So co-stars aren't really one, two, three line roles. They're whatever is left over in the budget. So sometimes larger roles are co-stars, right? Yeah. But we tend to refer to one, two, three line roles as co-stars, right? So let's just call them that because um, they are always like that's what they are. And just as actors, you guys need to know you can fight for billing on co-stars so you can make yourself a guest star sometimes but anyway um so yes there's it kind of breaks the rules of what i'm saying so with co-stars you're kind of trying to fit into the box because <laughs> it's not really the time to show casting everything you can do because those roles are servicing roles right you're servicing the plot you're servicing the series regulars you're servicing everybody so in that instance i would say to actors go in with multiple takes on the role right mm -hmm. i think with larger roles you want to come in with like a one really outside the box cool interesting awesome take with co-stars in smaller roles multiple ways to do it or the way to do it think about what's on the page what can i do that is like exactly how they want it be really specific in your choices give them a beginning middle and end crystal crystal clear right like you're pay playing a paramedic remember with stuff like that too i think the mistake that actors fall into is they make it life or death when things like that it's their everyday job right like playing a paramedic playing a doctor playing that kind of stuff it's like we're losing him like that is definitely 
definitely not the world we want to live in. Like, I told the story on my page, but, like, an actor sprayed blood all over me once during one of those auditions. Like, I remember you posting <laughs> that, and I died. I died. Because, you know what really upsets me is someone probably told the actor, like, this is a really good idea. Like, there's no way you did that in a vacuum. Of course, yes. That's where the bad advice comes in, right? Like, the advice I've seen is shockingly bad. Like, I have just seen advice that blows my mind. And someone said, it's the same people who are like, you know what you need? You need a headshot and a lab coat and a stethoscope. Like, that's what you need to book <laughs> this job. And so this guy made the best choice of his life. And I felt for him. I really did. I was like, this guy is committing. Like, somewhere along the line, they were like, you have to commit. And he did. Like, he went for it. Um, but yeah, I would say with those kinds of roles, multiple takes, because the number one note you're going to get from casting in a co-star audition is awesome. Let's try it a different way. Mm. This is not the time the casting is going to dig in, work with you, really like, all right, here's how producers want to see this. Because honestly, they don't know how producers want to see it. They haven't had that conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. had a casting concept call about paramedic number three. They just have, <laughs> that's not the reality, right? It's true, right? Like you're probably not going to get a wardrobe like closet. You're going right. to get like a, right. a dormitory fitting, like right. totally, totally, <laughs> totally. And then is is there things that you thought when you were a casting director, you were like, oh, if only I could get actors to know this, and then as you were coaching and as you moved into talking to actors you were like oh this is why that didn't work right like were there any things that you thought were pretty solid when you were a casting director that you had to relearn when working directly with actors that's kind of a tough question. A good question i think it was more the stuff that i would get frustrated with like actors not reading everything on the page or like I think I just understand actors a little bit better now because I work more closely with them. Like I would get frustrated with little tiny things like mispronunciations or things like that, which it was more like the amount of time I was like seeing the same mistake over and over and over again. And now that I'm working with actors, I'm like, how the fuck do you say that word? Like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I'm more involved in process and not product. Yeah. And so when you get to sit on the process side, you really work and you see how actors' brains are working. And so you're not just waiting for product anymore. And I mm -hmm. think that's, I think I'm a little bit more understanding than I was as a casting director. But by the way, what actors need to know is casting directors are human. So you get them on good days and bad days. And you get them on days when their job isn't just sitting in the room. Their job is then leaving the room talking to the studio, talking to the network, scheduling sessions, talking to agents and managers. So if you ever get a casting director on a bad day, it has nothing to do with you, mm. right? And I'll think back to days where I was like frustrated how that must have felt to actors because this is your time, right? You may only have one audition that month. And if I was in a shitty mood, that may have affected you guys. And I think what actors need to know is your interaction with casting has nothing to do with how the audition goes. Mm. And I know that's less relevant now that it's a self-tape, but it has nothing to do. Like an actor could have come in my room. I could have been really close to them. We could have talked for 30 minutes. Everyone's backing up. The next actor comes in. We do the audition. Don't talk at all. And that actor could book the job. And it feels shitty, but that's just the way it yeah. goes.
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that that reminder of humanity, too, I think is something that we can all file away in, like, all aspects of our life. Like, I give myself grace to understand other people all the time, and I think yeah. it saved me in this business because, like, when someone cuts me off in traffic and speeds six lanes ahead instead of being like, oh, forget that guy, what a mm -hmm. dick. I'm like, you know what? Their grandma might be in the hospital. Yeah, totally, yeah. And, like, 100%. you know what? Their grandma's definitely not in the hospital, and they are just an asshole, but, like, What's it? What does it change about my day to just assume Nothing. the best of other people? Yes, and I've learned. I mean, honestly, I've learned a lot from doing social media too, because people are so quick to nastiness. Oh, and like, this is what I, I think. You hear a lot in this industry that you have to have a thick skin. Like you mm -hmm. do hear that a lot, and that was one of the things that I hated the most about working in casting. Maybe I didn't have a thick enough skin. Maybe I didn't, but. I think that's just an excuse for treating people like shit. Mm. And like, I have had a lot of experiences that led me to where I am right now that led me to be like a coach and an educator because I didn't want people to be treated the way that I've been treated over, like in different ways, like body shaming and like all sorts of different experiences I've had, things I've heard behind, whatever it is, right? I wanted people to feel respected and heard, and I wanted them to know the industry inside and out so they could have a different perspective on it. Like that is 100% why I do what I do. And I have a really unique perspective. I was an actor, I was a casting director, I'm married to an agent. All of my friends are executives and, and casting directors and agents and managers, and I want actors to know what is going on. Like, I don't want them to feel so blind. So a lot of what I do in my coaching sessions is just coaching, and a lot is, like, letting you guys know what goes on in this industry. Because I remember being a casting intern. I worked at Junie Larry Johnson for many months as an intern. It was, like, the luckiest experience ever. And I remember the first couple months hearing names, like it's Raj Raghavan from CAA and, and here's a deal memo and here's this, 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 and feeling like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And then saying to uh, Lisa, who I was working with, being like, hey, can you just give me an hour and walk me through the process? What's a studio? What's a network? What's going on? And someone sat me down for days and weeks and did that with me. And it was the kindest, most wonderful thing because I got an education in the industry. And then I got an education in the industry from working and casting, right? You just do yeah. And so I do that with my clients. I sit them down and I tell them what they need to know. And I think that's invaluable because you don't learn that unless somebody tells you. A hundred percent. Because you can't, you can't get experience without getting the experience, right? Of course. Yeah. Someone, like I, I did a podcast episode uh, last season that was like, what happens when you get to set? And it's right. like... You're going to find a place to park. You're going to check in with the PA. You're going to call yourself talent. It's going to feel weird, but you need to do it. And like all that stuff is like when you're just not flying as blind, mm -hmm. it just gives you more carte blanche to do your job better. Yeah. But after you get blamed for not knowing it, like so much shame. There's a group that I'm not going to name, but there's a group that I'm in because I kind of just watch it mm -hmm. that shames actors for not knowing things. And there's a lot of like, you need to know this. You're not spending enough money on this. You, how do you not know what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Cause you don't know the difference between a studio and a network. Like you are not a good enough actor. And it's like, no, you don't know it unless you know it. Right. Like 
actors, you're okay, guys. Like, you will figure it all out. Someone will tell you eventually. Ask questions. Don't feel like shit for asking questions. Like, this is great that you're doing this because you brought someone on who can answer questions. Like, I have a seminar coming out. I have a seminar. I have a seminar coming out on, like, the basics of the entertainment industry. Not because I want you guys to funnel money to me, but because I want someone to answer these questions for you guys. Like, I, I want you guys to have an opportunity to learn these answers. Because a lot of you guys can't coach with me. Like, that's just... I'm not available to everybody and a lot of coaches don't tell this stuff and there aren't a lot of classes on the basics of the entertainment industry. I've looked a bummer. Totally. Um, will you kind of walk us through what a coaching session, even though we can't have it, just like tease us with what a coaching session with you looks like? Because there is also this veil in coaching where actors are not sure when they should start coaching or working sure. with coach when they should like is it the same as class do i just do it for auditions do i wait till i get sure. a big audition like so talk to us a little bit about that side of the world well here's what i'll say about this private coaching is a privilege and it's a luxury so I think acting class is a privilege and a luxury. And I know that a lot of actors can't afford it. And I understand that. And I don't want actors to feel bad if they can't be in acting class right now or they can't be in private. There's a lot of ways to learn about acting and you don't have to shell out the stupid amount of money I charge to coach. And I need everyone to know that I am on the higher end of coaching. So if you somehow do end up in a world where you can coach with me, it's not, everybody doesn't charge this. There's like a whole scale of coaches, right? And just because someone charges the most doesn't make them the best. It's like headshot photographer. Mm -hmm. I will say this, acting coaches are like therapists. So just because <laughs> you saw my video and you liked me doesn't mean we will vibe the most. So even if you end up coaching with me and you're like, oh, I didn't like her, that's cool, right? I always tell when agency managers reach out to me, I'm always like, why don't we do like a 15 minute consult to see if you guys actually like me? I think you should meet with lots of different coaches. Same with acting classes, you should audit. Because there's a lot of scary acting teachers out there who still use the like, I'm gonna beat you down till you break method. And that is not the method that I recommend for everyone because they can't then come to set with you and beat you down until you break. Yes. So now to answer your question, that's just sort mm -hmm. of my pre-answer to the answer. I love it. I love it. Um, so acting coaching looks different with me depending on the client. I believe that every actor works differently. I really do. I think it's super personal. And I think that the privilege of acting coaching is I'm not just going to give you the 10 steps of my method, right? I don't have a method. So if you go to an acting school, and this is not to shit on acting schools, they have to do this. It has to be one size fits all because you have lots of actors in the room, right? So I get to know every actor and then I tailor or custom build a process to them, basically how I know them. And then we figure out both acting and audition because acting and auditioning are two separate art forms, as we all know. So a lot of actors will be like, I crush it in acting class, but then when I got to the audition, I totally shut the bed. And it's like, well, of course you did. There's a safety in acting class. Yes. You're going to do really well because you're supported and loved. And then when you get to the audition, you're not going to have that supported and loved feeling. By the way, for everyone following me now, thank you for following me. My name is Sam. <laughs> Sorry, my Instagram got hacked last week, and luckily my beautiful friends at an agency got it back for me, but I can't change my name on there. So my name is Sam. <laughs> Sam, is it double Sam? Someday I'll be able to change it, but right now apparently that's not a real thing. Um, I have no name. Um, thank you. I appreciate everyone who followed me. Thank you. <laughs> you guys will all start telling me I'm condescending about a day. Um, 
My people are my people are rock solid. I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna be impressed. Great. Yeah, I get, I've been getting a lot of DMs being like, "What's your name?" <laughs> <laughs> I tried to put it front and center on our announcement because I was like, "I don't know if everyone knows her name." Yeah, that's. I have no name. I'm just <laughs> audition for Wally, which, by the way, I hate that name. I had to put a name for my website like six years ago, and I was like, "Oh, Sam Stiglitz is taken," and now it sounds like a gimmick. Like it's like audition pro LA, like and my friends make fun of me. They're like, "What about New York?" Like, <laughs> but like also, if you're full of clients, then like we don't care. You know? No, what I mean? <laughs> totally. I'm fine. Just call me whatever you want. Like, call me like send me, send me all your money, LA. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, which is another thing I get accused of on social media all the time. Like, there's this one guy who's obsessed with me who posts videos about me with like my face, and then like this woman is dangerous to actors she's trying to steal your money and one of the things he posts about is like how i'm trying to steal your this woman will take all your money i'm like well he's not wrong like i do take actors money like that's part of the whole thing but like i don't know how dangerous i am in the grand scheme of things but anyway it doesn't matter wait that is a level that is a level of troll that i've not gotten yet oh it's awesome go check it out it's, it's incredible i want to see this i'm dying i get i get a, i get a fair share um, yeah. But that one is special. That's it. I'll message it to you. I don't want to call them out on here, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I work with every actor differently. Mm -hmm. And I also work differently depending on the session. So some actors I go to set with, some actors, if they booked the job, it's a lot more in-depth depending on the process, depending on who they are. If they do character research, if they're a backstory actor, if they're not a backstory actor. Some actors, we just do audition work, and that's very different because... A lot of actors need a lot less work when it comes to the audition because they need to just stay present. So we're not going to do like, you know, it's a single mom from Alabama who grew up, you know, and she skinned her knee when she was 10. Like, mm -hmm. and then a lot of actors just come in weekly or biweekly or five times a week to work on their acting process. Like every actor works differently. And what I've learned, I mean, I've, I've grown so much as a coach, so much during the pandemic, so much daily. Like, sometimes I feel bad for my clients who coached a year ago because I'm like, wow, I'm such a different person than I was a year ago. It is an intense job. Like, it is intense, one-on-one, -on -one focused work. I don't get to have bad days, right? Again, because of the amount of money they're paying me, because of how much I feel for them. Like, I give all of myself to my clients every single session. And I'm an intense person, like you can tell from our conversation. Like I am a high energy, I love actors, I care passionately. My client, Jesse, his name's Jesse Garcia. I don't know if he's checked in here, but he's one of my favorite actors. Oh, I know Jesse, yeah. He said to me, we were coaching the other day and he said, you know, Sam, coaching is an ego check. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I come in thinking, I hope he doesn't mind what I'm saying. I come in <laughs> thinking that I've got this and then you just sort of not knock me down, but you show me that there are other ways and other ways of thinking about a character. And for an actor who's been working a long time, it's a massive ego check because you have to set your ego aside and say someone else has ideas. And I find that's harder for newer actors than more experienced actors because I think newer actors have their chests up. Right? Like, I got this. I'm fresh out of acting school, or I, I'm in class, and so and so taught me this. And with more experienced actors, they're open to collaboration. Yeah, you know, there's something that if I think it kind of. And sorry, I just have to say, Jesse is not a newer actor, but he vocalized oh. it in a way that I hadn't heard and sort of made it click for me. And it's interesting, the, the dichotomy that it is actually newer actors who feel that way more than my seasoned 
pros. Yeah, I, it makes complete sense to me, though, because it feels like when you're newer, it's like, I have to prove that I'm worthy to be here mm -hmm. in this yeah. profession. And I feel like the more and longer I do this business, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of great people doing this job with me. And yeah. uh, I'd like to chat with them about their ideas as well. Totally. So, and totally. There's, also, there's something from acting class or maybe from school or whatever it is that like, you need to show up with your scene like you have the answer, right? right. Like you have like... I figured it out and it's like, mm -hmm. but also I took a scene. I recently worked, I started working with a coach and I took a scene that I filmed last year that was for a series regular. And I thought it was my best audition I've yeah. done. And I brought it to her and she watched it and she goes, you know, interesting. I would have like changed X, Y, and Z. And I was like, Oh, well, I also like that. Why didn't mm -hmm. I do that? But it was just two That's the hard different thing. Types. Mm -hmm. That's the hard thing too, is that, there's always going to be another way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. One of my clients said to me the other day, am I always going to look back on my work and feel like I could have done better? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, always. <laughs> there will never come a day where you won't look back and you'll be proud of it. You'll always, maybe you'll be prouder, but there will always be a moment where there will always, you will always look back on it and be like, wow, I could have made a different choice. Sure. Also, I'm not a director acting coach. I don't give you direction. I don't say, say it this way, do it this way. I collaborate with my clients to come up with choices because ultimately their voices are more interesting than mine. Like I help actors trust their own instincts as opposed to being like, if you do it this way, because I don't think actors want to pay money for that. A lot of coaches do. That's just not the way that I work. Yeah, I think, well, what you said, first of all, I want to address like what you said about getting better. I was talking to my husband about this the other day because he went back and read a script of his from like five years ago. And he was like, why did I write this trash? And I was like, <laughs> my love, if you thought that that was still really good, I would say that you're not working hard enough. Totally. Right? Like there, there is not a day. I was like, if we start to be the smartest people in the rooms, we are in the wrong rooms. Well, that's such a good point. And that's what you just said. Like, I think setting ego aside and realizing there's always going to be people who know more than you is one of the most important things in this industry. And I think what you said is really interesting. Acting school, I guess old school acting school has a really yeah. toxic mentality to it. Like you're so afraid of your teachers. Like when I came out of theater conservatory, I, there's so much good about it. Like it was a safe place in a lot of ways. I grew up in a lot of ways there, but the way the teachers interact with students, the like mentality of it is really toxic. And I think students come out of there with kind of an odd relationship with acting teachers. And my advice to everyone who asks me, should I go to theater conservatory is, if you want to, yes, but do a lot of research on it. Like research and see what the alumni situation is. Do they have like, do they have classes about auditioning for modern day film and television? Like, do they actually have that relationship? If you want to be in film and television, talk to alumni, talk to alumni, talk to alumni. Because people who come out of conservatory programs are very different than people who go into them. Um, you didn't ask me that question, but I do think it's important. Scarred. Someone just said scarred. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I took um, scarred from my theater conservatory. So... Yeah, there was a lot. Well, there was a lot, too, that, like, I was learning from people who were in the business 20 years, 30 years ago in college. And what we did was useful in some ways. But then some ways I was like, and also, what about what about all of this? Like, what about yeah. the current business? So that's why we try to share what we can. About totally. Yeah. Um, OK, I want to get to some of these questions we got from Q&A's. Um, some of them sure. are covered. So let me just make sure. 
Uh, do, do, is there a delicate balance between making choices and risks versus taking extreme liberties in auditions? I thought that yes, was Yes, of course. <laughs> there's, a there's not even that much of a delicate balance. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't call that delicate at all. So there is a structure to the scene, right? The writers give you black and white facts and the structure. So you are making choices within that structure. So that's what you have to remember. If the scene is me and Sam talking on Instagram live, you're not going to turn it into two different people who are trying to kill each other in a zombie apocalypse, right? <laughs> like that's what you need to know. So within the structure of the scene, then you make choices that are risky. That's the, the deal there. You just don't change the molecular structure of the scene. So yes, when acting, and you hear, ev this is not novel, every acting teacher, coach, casting director on the face of the earth says make big choices, make bold choices, make exciting choices. That doesn't mean change the integrity of the scene. Lovely. So it's I not love I don't um, Okay, great. What's next? Uh, I have an agent. Mm -hmm. but I hardly have any auditions. Mm. What can I do to potentially increase them on my own side? Um, what situation are you in, Sam? Do you have an agent who gets you auditions? I do, yeah. Okay, because um, I think this is also better answered by actors, but mm. I will answer what I think. Number one, I will say that I think submission reports are horrible. So I think whoever tells <laughs> you them is just not Ooh, I've totally I've totally told people to ask for them before so please talk more about this I think it is like asking someone to their face do you know how to do your job like okay I think it is just like saying hey are you good at your job because I want to check in on you like I want to make sure you're like doing it mm -hmm. no agency at like a higher level would ever ever like they don't even know what they are <laughs> Like, so when I first heard about that, I hadn't heard about it until last year. Literally, I'd never heard about it in my entire life. When I heard about it, I was like, gobsmacked. Like, I can't believe this is a thing. So someone disagrees with me. Awesome. Yes. Great. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. Like, for me, though, like, if someone wanted to check me on my work, I would be like, oof, I don't know. But if your agent volunteers it and they're like, yes, if your last rep wasn't doing it, their job, great. But then why, why not sit down with them? This is my advice to follow up on that. Yeah. Have a conversation about communication and how they're submitting and like the methods in which instead of just saying like, I need a list of what you're submitting me for, have a conversation about communication, the methods in which they're submitting, what's going on when they submit and how they submit, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, I need you to fill, like, send, fill out a report for me, it should be open communication. So what a lot of agents in low... Smaller developmental agents and managers, so every time a breakdown goes out, it says at the top of the breakdown, no phone calls or emails, right? Submit online. Mm -hmm. The second a breakdown goes out, the phones start ringing, right? So what agents and managers do, or what they should do, is they should be following up with phone calls and email pitches, right? So it should be really easy when you're communicating with an agent or manager to say, like, hey, what have we been, what, what are we getting feedback on? Like, what, what are they biting on? What have we been, what have, you, what have you submitted me on? Like, what is casting saying? How are we following up? Like, it should be open lines of communication. If they then say, hey, why don't I just print you out a submission report? There you go. Right. Right. 
I think that's a way easier way to communicate as opposed to you then saying, hey, can you please <coughs> doing your job? Because I think that then pushes them back against That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I also think it's important to tell if actors have never received a submission report before, um, you should know that you don't get the breakdown. You just get no. the name of the project, the role, the like casting director. Mm -hmm. It's very bare bones. So it really tells you, it is very specific when I tell actors to ask for them. And it really tells you very little information about the roles they are submitting for. You can so look the more important question is how are you being submitted, right? So mm -hmm. if you get that list, you were submitted three times, you don't then know, did they just push send on Breakdown Express or did they follow up with an email or a call, right? Like that actually doesn't help you that much. That's the point, right? The point is one, it makes your agent or manager defensive and two, it doesn't help. Yeah. Well, and I think there's two, <laughs> somebody messaged, somebody said in the comments, like my agent's going to be three times in a total year. Like there are circumstances where you kind of know the people you have are not working for you. Sure. One point where I switched agents and my agent was like, I pulled your old submission report. Did you know they didn't submit you for nine months? And I was like, I should have known because they were—they <laughs> just did it. They were not a fit for me. It was not working. Right. There was nothing coming in. And I didn't know how to have the conversation of this is right. my career. What is happening? What do we do? Right. And so. I think actors live in fear of their representation and it should be it should be a two-way relationship like that's sort of what's really important is that ultimately when you are winning your agent and manager well and so of course agents and managers want to work incredibly hard for the actors that are making the money right like that is the nature of that relationship but you cannot live in fear of your representation you have to figure out like when you sit down with your reps how do we communicate together is the style of communication something that i like mm -hmm. and then ultimately when the communication drops off actors get a little bit like oh i need to call them should i call them how do i call them am i bugging them like you don't want to have that fear so i think if you haven't heard from them in a while you pick up the phone like don't email them call them and say hey can we sit down for a conversation i want to i want to hear about what's going on on your end here's how i'm feeling on my end can we talk about a communication style that works for both of us yeah. right instead of the sort of demand for a submission report that's why i immediately say like oh that doesn't sound right to me it's a bigger issue than just the how many times are you submitting me yeah and i just hear and again this is why i'm not the best person for developmental actors because things work differently on the developmental level but I hear from maybe agencies that aren't so developmental that sort of puts their backs up immediately that would I, I can totally understand where that would come from I also think to some of our audience who's like I don't how am I gonna have a communication side with my agent there is a place in your career when you're really young yeah like teens 20s like you feel like you have no uh, agency over right, your sure. career. And yeah. it is really hard when your agent is 20 years older than you to be like, mm -hmm. I have power in this circumstance. So I want to give yeah, you an understanding of that because that is, I mean, I remember being 22 and having a manager and I was like, I can't just call him. Like I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is something sure. that once you start to take the business as a business, it does go away with time. Yeah. Um, but it's a process. But yeah. what happens in that case? Like if you find yourself afraid of your agent or manager, are they the wrong person for you? I think that it, I think that if you are afraid of your agent or manager, you should talk to someone from the outside 
think you should talk to a mentor, <clears throat> someone from your acting class, like a coach, like give them the lay of the land and see how it looks for them personally. I think that's what you should do because it's very hard to get outside of yourself as an actor when you're your own business. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just telling someone, here's the evidence I have, mm -hmm. what do I do with this? They can say, oh, it just sounds like they don't like to email. They want to call you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you just need someone to say, your agent has never said you were a bad actor. Your agent right, was, right. they're still representing you. So like we have to give that so much credit. Right. Um, and we're our first people to like shrug ourselves off. So I think yeah. you need to get an outside source if, if you are anxious and cannot talk to your agent. Um, and then someone from the outside that you trust um, that understands the business can tell you like, actually, I'm not sure if this is a good fit. I think getting outside of yourself is really, really important. Yeah. Things are always bigger in your own head. Like, yeah. I think that's such a good piece of advice. Like I had a client the other day send an email from an agent that she thought was bad news. And I read it and I was like, no, this is good news. Like you just spun it in your head so that it became negative. I was like, this is actually a really great email. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have, I have, uh, I do coffee calls with actors where we just like, talk for 30 minutes about like whatever's on their mind, whatever they need mm -hmm. to work at. And I had an actor recently tell me like, you know, my agent wrote me and said like, this is some of the best work you've ever done. And like, what do I do? And like, I started, they started, they were like, I'm so upset. And I was like, <laughs> they just gave you a huge compliment. They're like, no, that means the rest of my work is shitty. And I was like, no, it doesn't. Oh, you just heard the wrong part. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just want to like give everyone a hug and be like, like, let's talk it out. So yeah. that is, something that's important. Um, okay, I'm gonna try to get through a couple more of these. Um, do, do, do. Which is smarter in your opinion? Cold email to the casting director of the show you're right for or go to your agent first? I have an opinion. Your agent first. Yeah. Don't cold email casting directors. They have nothing to do with it. Like they, they literally don't know where to place these emails. Like if you cold email casting, they're just gonna say, file away trash like they have no idea what to do with those emails like they they're not mad about it it doesn't anger them they just casting is so busy guys so there's nothing they can do with a cold email nothing like just put it away yep Great. there's a system in place guys the system is agents and managers talk to casting directors you talk to agents and managers that is the system call it gatekeeping i don't care what you call it it's that's what it is I love it. Great. Um, is everyone as nervous as me about auditions? Do you feel no. most of your clients are nervous? Some people. Some people absolutely love them. Some people, some actors you know and love hate auditions and are terrible at them. Like, <laughs> admit that they are not audition people. And, like, by the time they get to offer only, they're like, fuck yes, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> um, and some people love auditions. Some people take their nerves and like Barbara Streisand, I think famously threw up before every single performance. Like some people just never get past it. And if that's you, you have to find a way to utilize it as opposed to fighting against it. Because if you fight against the things that will always be there, you're setting yourself up for failure. So no, not everyone gets nervous, but if you do, try not to set yourself up for failure with it. I love that. Yeah. Um, where are the best places to look for casting opportunities without being represented? Now we talked about how like that self-submission game is like not your, not your right. place to live. Do you have an answer that you would guide someone to something like this? Wait, sorry. What was the question? Where best to look for casting opportunities without being represented? Um, I, I hear the same three things over and over again. So actors access backstage and casting networks. Are there other ones that people need to go to? 
you know, there's casting frontier um, mm -hmm. as well, with, but like you could have a free profile on there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. be concerned about that. I think those are the basics. I That's think, not I mean, Even on the West Coast, I feel as though we don't use backstage very often. Yeah. Um, I really feel like it's more actors access. And even that, I would say in your particular area, I would get in contact if you're non-union, which I'm, I'm going to assume you are. Um, if you're non-union, it's going to be tough. Um, if you're union, you can contact your SAG local office and they can oh, that's a, good idea. a little bit more. Yeah, they're super, yeah. calling SAG is great. People are like, what do I do about this? I'm like, I don't know, call SAG. I call, call them SAG. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, the only answer I have to that question is that the larger productions you see, I think this speaks to the gatekeeping system as well. Like casting directors use Breakdown Express. Right. So when you sign up for Actors Access or Backstage or those things, just know they are not going to have auditions for the projects you're watching on TV. Like those things are gate kept a little bit. And so the, the, the casting director agent manager side of Actors Access is called Breakdown Express. And that's where casting directors post their stuff. And I think actors do need to realize that. That's part of knowing about the industry is that you are not going to have access to those auditions without an agent or Yes, but it is good to note that your Actors Access profile is the same profile they utilize for submissions. So yeah. keeping that up to date and neat and tidy and like all of your stuff in one spot is a great thing when you want to, when you're having meeting with agents and mm -hmm. meetings with agents and they say, send me your stuff, mm -hmm. send me your Actors Access link. You click like mm -hmm. the, on the homepage, you go manage, you go custom link. Send them your custom link. That's all your stuff. You don't even got to have an IMDb. You can have all right. of it. And we can see it, right? Like, so if I decided to search, hi, Blake. If I decided to search for a non-union actor on Actors Access, mm -hmm. I can search for you. It's just that you're not going to be submitted for the same projects because Actors Access is the other side of it. So a lot of actors assume just because they have Actors Access, they're going to get submitted for Riverdale and all of those projects. But that's not the case. Yeah. Unless it's like a super specific role. Like they're like, we want someone who is five two and one quarter and they have short red hair and they can play basketball in the dark. You know what right. I mean? Like and they'll open so it up. specific. Yes. They'll open it up sometimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, we I'm gonna go to the questions on the screen while we still have them. Um, what if your agent and your acting coaches don't agree on a self tape? What do you do? Great question. Okay, so here's what I say a lot of times. So agents and managers are incredible, but oftentimes they have not been inside of a casting room. So when they are giving feedback sometimes, it's because it's based on their personal opinion, right? Which is great. So is casting. Casting is, didn't go to casting school. So a lot of times if you're getting feedback from an agent, it's just because they're like looking at the tape and they're guessing, right? But it's everybody's personal opinion. So if you're going to an acting coach and they're saying do it this way and you're going to an agent and they're saying do it this way, sometimes if they're going head to head, sometimes you'll just have to say, all right, whoever, whoever, if the agent and manager are the ones who are ultimately going to send it, great. You have to go with their, their take because they're the ones who are sending it to casting, right? I actually never had this situation happen to me. I've never had to be like, we are at an impasse. What we'll do is we'll get on the phone. I talk to agents and managers all the time. And we'll have a collaborative discussion about the project, the role, the actor, the tone, the network right? We've gotten notes back like a lot of times like during, let's just say during pilot season, 
when someone is getting notes back from the studio, they're getting note back, notes back from a work session, we'll get on the phone and talk about it and like I'll be on the phone talking to the actor. But mm-hmm. I've never had the experience where I'm like fighting with an agent or a manager because this is a collaborative process. But I would say if that happens, sure, the agents and managers need to like the tape. But if you're getting a lot of notes, my original point is if you're getting a lot of notes back from your agent or manager and you're feeling frustrated, you can stick with your guns. You can say like, you know what? I really like this tape. Can you please send it? Because they are probably acting a little bit as like a barrier to casting because they just want to make sure you get the best in and they may be doing a little bit of guesswork themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm just like dreamy of the day of like having my coach and my agent and me like chatting about a role. Like, yeah, it happens. Sounds yeah. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, do you believe we will go back to rooms for larger roles? Yes. I think, I, first of all, I think, and I have Felicia Fasano coming to do a live with me next week. I so. love her. I'm uh-huh. so excited to talk to her. I haven't seen her since before the pandemic. I am yeah. so excited. She's amazing. You guys should all join that because she will be able to better answer this. Because again, like I, I haven't been a casting director in six years, so I want people on who will talk about this in an educated manner. Um, but most of the times when I don't have the answers, I will ask my friends about this. But I think casting directors miss actors so much. Like imagine how painful it must be to just sit and watch self-tape after self-tape after self-tape. So I think what's going to happen, and I've asked a lot of casting directors this, is as we go down the process, I think it's going to get more in the room. So, you know, as you start to test, as you start to, you know, have callback after callback, I think it's going to be more like that. Um, self-tapes are really convenient. So even before the pandemic, for a lot of our shows, we were doing more and more and more tapes. So I think it'll be project to project, roll to roll. But I do think we'll start going back into soon. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Like callbacks, especially. Exactly, yes. Speaking of that, what's the difference between a director's callback and a regular callback? So it it totally depends, right? Like, so they, they'll say a director session when the director is in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes the callback could also be called a producer session. So if you pre-read originally for casting, it might just be you and the casting director, and then they will call you back and it might just be you and a producer. And then if they want you with a director session for a work session, they might have you come back with a director. Depends on what they call it. And it depends on who's in the room. I don't know. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> semantics. <laughs> yeah, it's semantics and depends on how many times you've come back and who's in the room for the session. I love that. Um, yeah. Sam, I think you're great. You've answered like all of our questions. This is Thank really you. bad. Um, is there anything you want to, because we have uh, still like 130 people on here, which is so cool. Um, wow. I used to do these and like two people would show up and I'd be like, hi, mom. <laughs> Um, so what do you want to leave actors with today? Because it's June, we've just come off pretty quiet May, you know what I mean? Like people go on vacations. Well, May is quiet just so you guys know because of the upfront. So that's just so actors know. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone goes in before the Emmy deadline, you know? So, um, when, as we're like actors sitting here and they're like, I am like sitting at home not really sure what to do with myself, what would you want to say to actors who are just chilling, listening on a Friday right now? Um, that is such a hard question. <laughs> I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to end on a bad note with you guys, I think. <laughs> no, look, I would say to actors that wherever you are in your career is 
fine, right? Like you need to be working as hard as you want to work on your own personal career. And I think comparing yourself to others is always going to be a losing game. I think when you're taking advice from people, I mean, this is sort of my overall thesis, be careful who you're taking advice from. Trust yourself and trust the experts that you trust, right? Because you're always going to get conflicting advice from lots of people. So pick your team, pick your tribe, trust them. And you're, you can only be where you are right now. So if you start comparing yourself to others, you're going to be, it's a losing game and celebrate your wins. So if you go out for a student film and you crush it, that is your win. If you start comparing it to someone who's the lead of a Netflix show, that will become your loss. So that is, that is my advice for the day. Mm. God, I love a reframe. That is <laughs> great. Um, everyone, you should be following Sam. Um, Sam! Pro LA, even though that's her name. Um, <laughs> even though she hates it. Um, and she's just lovely. And thank you so much for all of the volunteer work you do for us. I really appreciate you. Um, when, is your, when is your seminar that you're doing? Oh, yeah. Instagram Live with Felicia Fasano. Yeah, so here's what's coming up for me. So I have a couple of seminars coming out in the next couple of weeks. I will post about it when they come out. I think it's going to be in the next three weeks. Um, I, If you guys are at all interested in coaching and you have a professional referral, you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can reach out to my assistant, which I will just reach out to me on Instagram. I also have another coach that works with me who doesn't need a professional referral, so there's some way we can take you in. Um, I have an acting class. Um, and then I just post free shit on here all day, every day. So you can also just do that because that's a really good way to learn. Um, and I think that's everything. And then my live with Felicia is on Thursday. And I'm going to try to do more of those with like studio executives and different people in the industry. So you guys can get like an overall view of the industry. I want to try to get interesting people from different points of views. Um, so yeah, and it's a different point of view than Sam's obviously, because I, I don't have the point of view of like a hustling working actor. So there you go. But thank you. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys for watching. Um, this will live on here and I'm going to repurpose it into a podcast in awesome. a couple of weeks. So um, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate so it. Absolutely. Oh, someone's in the background. <laughs> oh, that, yep. No, they got to go out. Perfect timing. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye guys.